Welcome to Brick House with Bob Johnson and Matt Baker. Welcome back. Another episode. Brick House. Team previews. Mm-hmm. Last edition. The Real McCoy. Yeah. The Contenders. I'm Bob Johnson. And I'm Matt Baker. We're going over... The champions are going over the champions. That's what I like Ooh. to call this, <laughs> this episode. If you want to follow us on Twitter, that's at BrickHousePod. I'm at Hey, it's Matt Baker. You can email us through the website, BrickHousePodcast.com. Find us basically anywhere podcasts are found, except SoundCloud. We're still working on that. We haven't shot our podcasts into the SoundCloud yet. Oh, man, we should get Damian Lillard to write us a letter of recommendation. Yes, I think that's how you get there, yes. So these are the real teams. There's only a few teams that are contending for the title. Doesn't make the NBA regular season any less entertaining. Still worth watching. Still worth following the drama. Let's get into the the top six teams in the NBA this season. There's no drama to count them down because we all know who number one is. So let's just dive right into it. It's the Golden State Warriors. Sure. You heard of this team? You seen this team? They added yet another perennial all-star, all-NBA talent to their team this offseason, which is what I'm Tyler Eulis. <laughs> Did they get Tyler? Oh, yeah. Wow. And the Suns still don't have a point guard. <laughs> yeah. Right? No, the big move I was talking about, Matt, is DeMarcus Cousins. Ah, yes, him. It's a shame he's injured and the Warriors can't go for the first undefeated season in NBA history. <laughs> I think Bob Myers got to win GM of the year this year. It's a travesty. He continues to pull off these moves that wouldn't work on video games or in your fantasy league. Yeah, but hey, the other teams had a chance to sign him, and they didn't. I just saw yesterday that there's a certain NBA player, former multiple All-Star, who's trying to make his comeback to the NBA before the All-Star break this season. His name's Chris Bosh. This again. This old thing again. He told the Daily News he's vying for a comeback and certainly open to the Knicks. Certainly. All I had to read was that one line to get a lump in my throat and think, what if he ends up on the Golden State Warriors? Oh, yeah. I thought the obvious pick would be for him to join up with LeBron James and his former agent, Rob Palenka, in Los Angeles. Maybe still is his, well, I guess he couldn't be his agent, technically. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We've, we've covered that. <laughs> What did you think when you heard DeMarcus Cousins sign with Golden State? I kind of loved it because Cousins realized he's not going to get any big money offers, so he might as well. He might not even play this year. He could. He's probably going to, but like, there's a chance he, something goes wrong he doesn't yeah, play this year. Almost 300 pounds with a torn Achilles. Yeah. Yes. That's so him signing a one-year, $5 million deal to go try and get a ring, I just loved it. I think the entire country outside of the Bay Area and and bandwagoners everywhere is rooting for the Warriors to lose. Mm -hmm. Let's jump right into that. This is an old segment, but a good one. It's How to Beat San Francisco. Okay, yes. If you're going to beat San Francisco... 
pretty meta in the uh, Warriors section. I think if Phil Jackson were coaching this team, he'd probably be telling them the only team that can beat us is ourselves. Oh, sure. Even though Steve Kerr played for Phil, he's probably saying something more like, just have fun, as long as you're crushing the other guys. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not quite as zen, that Steve. Mm-hmm. We've all seen him blow up on the sidelines, smash clipboards like he's Bruce Lee. I don't think it's coincidence that the Warriors are the best third-quarter team in NBA history. Mm-hmm. Steve has, uh, has a lot to say at halftime, I'm guessing. How do the Warriors beat the Warriors, Matt? How do you solve that zen koan? This is how to beat San Francisco, right? I'm going to veer a little off the beaten path. Oracle Arena. It's the last year for Oracle Arena that the Warriors will be there. Oh, right. Oracle Arena is in Oakland. They will be moving to the Chase Center, which is in San Francisco. All of this new success in this new team has been in Oakland, and they will be going to San Francisco. So the long-term play for Oakland to beat San Francisco is to give them a Warriors team that may be without Klay Thompson, may be without Kevin Durant. I see. May not have 300-pound injured DeMarcus Cousins, may not get the championship Warriors. It might not happen this year. They may win the next championship, but they might not win any of those championships in San Francisco. Oracle Arena in Oakland might be taking it all for Oakland. This is how they long-term beat San Francisco, I think. That would be some sweet revenge to all those Silicon Valley ticket holders, wouldn't it? I wonder if Larry Ellison will have a hand in this sabotage, since the stadium will no longer be named after his company, Oracle. Yeah, he could. I like what you did there. (laughs) Thank you. We're all rooting for those yuppies to to never be able to celebrate anything in their $40,000 seats. Their $40,000 per month studio apartments. Right. If you were to name a secret MVP, this is our new segment for the the Contender Real McCoy episode. It's to name a secret MVP from each of these six top teams. Who would yours be on Golden State? It's very hard because none of these players are secret, right? Yeah, they're kind of well-known, like the Beatles. So we go with Quinn Cook. Okay. Is that an acceptable secret MVP? Yeah, he's pretty decent, backup point guard. All the focus has been on Livingston, who's been great for them, obviously. But Quinn Cook had a great back half of the year last year and could see more minutes. My secret MVP is Boogie again. Okay. And this is because in multiple interviews last year, Steph Curry, Draymond Green, Kevin Durant, they said the season was tougher because mm-hmm. they didn't have like a new guy on the team that they were all playing to win for. That makes sense. If Boogie can get healthy and contribute to this team, they're going to be deadly for mm-hmm. sure. They will be without him. But even if he doesn't get ready for action until the playoffs, this team has a new motivation to want to win. That's all they need is uh, is reason to get up in the morning and crush the rest of the NBA and DeMarcus Cousins just being in that locker room. You don't want to see pouty-faced DeMarcus Cousins. You want to turn that frown upside yeah. down for yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, Burning questions, Golden State edition. What are the odds one or more of the core four Warriors leave and they re-sign DeMarcus Cousins this summer? And which Warrior do you think is most likely to leave? I'll say 30% that one of them leave and that they re-sign DeMarcus Cousins. Okay. What if we're all thinking it's Clay Thompson or Kevin Durant, but what if it is Draymond Green, Bob? That is a distinct possibility. What are you thinking? I think Clay's coming back. I don't think he's coming back for this like mysterious nine million dollar a year. Clay Thompson's just a stoner and won't mind contract that was kind of being thrown around. Uh-huh. 
KD, I mean, he could go to New York. That would be great. But at the end of the day, like, maybe he just wants to stay there. So all this money is being thrown around. You have Draymond Green next year, final year of his contract for $18.5 million. It's got to be insanely easy to trade that contract, even if you don't want to. So I think there's could be some rumblings that Draymond might find his way out. I love Draymond. He's one of my favorite players in the NBA, probably my favorite warrior. But if you had to choose between giving a max contract to Kevin Durant, Clay Thompson, or Draymond Green, which one would be the odd man out, you know? Probably Draymond, yeah. I would be really curious to see how he performed being the best player or second best player on another team. The popular choice here is that Durant's going to be gone. Right. I mean, if they win three in a row, how many more are they going to win? You know, what else does he have to prove? Mm -hmm. And I think he realizes that as long as he's on the team, he's the biggest bully on the big bully team. As we've come to learn more about Kevin Durant's personality, it doesn't seem like any part of his personality is a mean guy because he tries to be on Twitter and it's just laughably bad. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Speaking of KD, burning question number two, will Durant ever be considered the best player in the NBA? I don't think so, Bob. I think it's going to transition from LeBron to Anthony Davis and Durant's just going to get caught right in the middle of that whole transition always a bridesmaid yeah someone like jason tatum or someone could sneak in too at the end but what if kevin durant goes to the knicks and Kawhi goes to the lakers and they meet in the finals and the knicks beat the lakers in the finals ah yes lebron would still probably be the best player in the nba <laughs> yeah i just use that as an example to show why kevin durant will never be the best player their knicks aren't winning anything yeah. oh yeah okay oh sorry I especially not against Kawhi and lebron yeah jeez bad mm -hmm. timing that's what i think it is all right, Warriors, you got one more year here, then please just break it up. Let's give somebody else a chance here. Although this next team, I think, has the best chance of beating them of mm -hmm. anyone this season. That's the Boston Celtics. News this week, Kyrie announced he's re-signing with the Celtics without re-signing with the Celtics. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This seems like LeBron-level manipulation to me. Mm -hmm. He gets the, all the Boston fans in his corner and puts the ball in the front office's court to uh, back up that proverbial Brinks truck. Right. <laughs> so he'll get a max contract somewhere. He's not risking anything by saying this. But if it's not in Boston, then only Danny Ainge is to blame, not the beloved Uncle Drew. No, never. Also in the news this week from the Celtics was Terry Rozier's father got to see him play in a basketball game for the first time. Whoa, okay. He spent all of Terry Rozier's life in prison. Oh, no. Just got out this October. Couldn't go immediately because he couldn't leave the state, but then finally got to go and see him play in Boston in the NBA for the first time. So welcome back to the world, Rozier Sr., pretty amazing what would you say was the big move for the celtics this offseason do i have to be the guy that says nothing you know the first offseason that they haven't made a splash in a few offseasons well to be fair i think danny ainge might have tested the water but i don't know what sort of trade return he could have sure. gotten for a one-legged gordon hayward all right how to beat san francisco be sure to do make it to the finals which they are the favorites in the mm -hmm. eastern conference 
how they put it all together to beat the super team of super teams. The key here is they just need to make it to the finals. Now, I know what you're saying. That sounds that doesn't sound like a key, right? But you have to be... It's always about being in the right place at the right time. This would be a three-peat for the Warriors, right? Anything can go wrong. And I think just by getting to the finals, they put their, themselves in a great position to be the one to end this dynasty because it's just so hard to win three in a row. Celtics Warriors have been some of the most exciting regular season games of the past three years. Right. And I looked it up. They've split their season series. So the past three years, three and three against Golden State, including multiple wins in Oakland. A couple of those times, their best players on the Celtics were Isaiah Thomas and Avery Bradley. Sure. Now they've got probably the second best rotation in the league behind San Francisco. Brad Stevens helps, too. I mean, that guy is a savant already. For the first time in over a decade, the coaches poll that is done before the season starts, they're asked who's the best coach in the NBA. Mm -hmm. For the first time in a decade, it wasn't Greg Popovich. Oh, wow. Brad Stevens was the guy. Secret MVP. I think their secret MVP is the all-star that is never talked about. Probably the quietest all-star in the NBA. His name's Al Horford. He could stretch Cousins away from the basket, execute Brad Stevens' game plan like the veteran he is. There's also a world where he's the center of a trade for Anthony Davis, Mm -hmm. which could really make a finals matchup between these two, one for the ages. Apparently, I read Kyrie and Davis have talked about playing in Boston together already. Interesting. The blog boys never lie. Never lie. Never lie. Married, by the way, to Miss Dominican Republic. Oh, wow. Yeah. Just Google that. Is that her name or is that her first name's Dominican? Yeah, that's right. Uh, Burning questions for the Boston Celtics. This is a big what if. Mm -hmm. I think about it often. What would the Celtics look like if they had traded multiple draft picks to the Hornets for Justice Winslow? I think about this often just when I think about how terrible of a general manager Michael Jordan turned out to be. Right. Back a couple years ago in the draft, Danny Ainge really thought Justice Winslow was going to be a star, and he was slipping in the draft. Mm -hmm. Now, if you redrafted it, I don't know if he even goes in the top 10. But Michael Jordan turned down, reportedly turned down, multiple draft picks that Danny Ainge was offering for them. Wasn't it like four first-rounders I think it was three or four first-rounders to draft Justice Winslow at number nine and trade to the Celtics. Jordan turned this down because of an irrational love for Wisconsin center Frank Kaminsky. Yeah, well, we've all been there. One of the goofiest dudes in the NBA and whose game does not make up for it. Would we still consider Danny Ainge a top GM Mm. if this trade went down? Is Danny Ainge really a genius GM or is he a genius fleecer? Oh, yeah. Well, he is probably the best fleecer in the game in the past decade. I was also wondering if maybe Jordan refused to draft Justice Winslow, even if he was going to trade him, because the guy went to Duke and not North Carolina. Mm, Right. Well, do we even know the picks? So it would have been the Terry Rozier pick. Terry Rozier. Yep, it probably would have been one of the Boston picks, so either Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum, or the, uh, the Brooklyn picks, I mean. Right now, the Celtics would probably have Isaiah Thomas, Gordon Hayward, and Al Horford. Uh, That would be their big three. Justice Winslow. And Justice Winslow. Yeah, they would have probably been in the podcast we did last week. Yes, fun watch. That might not even be a fun watch team now that I'm thinking about it. How is Jordan the owner so bad when Jordan the player was so good? Timeless question. Why the hell does he love slow, goofy white guys? That one is just has no answer for me. 
Well, maybe he liked picking on them. And he, well, he also probably didn't feel like they were a threat in his playing career. So if he keeps them around, they're probably, he doesn't, probably doesn't feel like they're a threat. Growing up a Bulls fan uh, and a Michael Jordan fan, I never thought that you know when he would one day own a team, he would just want to be surrounded by Judd Bushler. <laughs> yeah, his guy Judd. Uh, let's move on to my favorite team of this week, the Houston Rockets. Their big move was replacing Trevor Ariza and Luke Mbamute with Carmelo Anthony and James Ennis. And I think I have an unpopular opinion when I say I like this. Ooh, okay. I don't think people who are losing their minds that Trevor Ariza is so much better player than Carmelo Anthony Mm -hmm. watched as many Rockets games as I did last year. Yeah. Dude is very streaky. I know Carmelo Anthony has the, the ego and the questionable shot selection and the allergy to defense and being a bad teammate and kind of overweight, kind of chubby. Yeah. Maybe I should just stop. Yeah. But the guy is a 10-time All-Star. He's playing with one of his best friends who's also a general Patton out there on the floor, Chris Mm -hmm. Paul. Mm -hmm. I think he's going to keep him in check. Carmelo Anthony knows that they're so committed to winning that he's going to change his game. Okay. I know no one wants to believe it, but at least what I have my fingers crossed for. What do you think about their big move this offseason? Getting Brandon Knight. Just kidding. That's also underrated, too. I don't mind it. Yeah, it's got to be Carmelo, just from the sheer fact that it happened, right? It's been talked about for a while. And they got him at a $25 million discount from what they wanted to pay him last season, too. How to beat San Francisco. If you are going to beat San Francisco. You see, I think they just have to do what they did last year. Also, this time, get a shaman to bless Chris Ooh. Paul or a witch doctor or a priest. I'm going to do a ceremonial rain dance personally. Yeah. I want this year to be the first year in 10 years that Chris Paul doesn't leave the damn playoffs <laughs> yeah. with an injured limb. Do you rest him during the regular season, Bob? The entire regular season? I don't think that would even work. He just falls apart in the playoffs, not blaming him. You know, in uh, Bull Durham, they have the lucky chicken bone, and they're mm-hmm, touching mm-hmm, the bats. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe just do was that. Was that Major to... League? Oh, was it Major League? I think... Whatever. Let's get all the lucky chicken bones, touch both Chris Paul's arms and legs. I just want to see him finish healthy. I right. wanted him to at least have a chance to lose to the Warriors on his <laughs> yeah. own terms. Right. If you're going to lose, lose on your own terms. What do you think? What's the formula for beating San Francisco? Have we talked about making Chris Paul a bubble boy before? Or have <laughs> we... You can leave a hand open for him to dribble and pass because he's so good that I think even if he was in a bubble, he could dribble and pass just constricted like that. Yeah, or at least, uh, you know, the giant mascot balloon things where it's like then they start bouncing on their heads and you can even make it look like Chris Paul, You can, but you just have to stick him in there. <laughs> Some bubble bubble boy thing. His rookie year, he said he used to eat McGriddles for breakfast mm-hmm. every day and, and Chick-fil-A sandwiches for lunch. Maybe he could have an organic bubble mm. if he just started, you know, really beefing up on those. Right. Secret MVP. I was excited to choose this one for the Rockets because there's a lot of candidates, but my choice is the guy that I often confuse on the television screen for Chris Paul and that's P.J. Tucker. Right. Even though instead of playing point guard, he's playing the four or the five. Dude is burly and maybe an inch or two taller than CP. 
He is a poor man's Draymond Green, and that's just what the Rockets really need. This is a guy who was waived by the Raptors so they could sign Luke Jackson 11 mm-hmm. years ago. Right. When he was on the Suns, he gave Blake Griffin so much shit every time they played. I bet that's something that Chris Paul really admires about yeah, him. Yeah, that's why he keeps him around. <laughs> I forget what the exact figure was, but last year, PJ was one of the few NBA players that did not have a sneaker endorsement. Hmm. He said he spent, I think it was six figures on basketball shoes last year. Wow. He's now got a deal, but he's always a stylish guy Mm -hmm. uh, off the court. So just extra bonus points for for secret MVP. Burning questions, Houston Rockets edition. What role does Carmelo Anthony play for the Rockets, and will he choose to accept it? He'll start, and he'll accept that, obviously, and then he just needs... You think they're going to placate him by starting him? Who would they start instead? Uh, The same starting lineup they had last year, maybe Eric Gordon in there with Harden and Paul. And I don't think he's Dwayne Wade on Cleveland last year. I don't think Melo's that washed. He still has some, some juice left. His problems have been more like Dwight Howard in that he doesn't suck by any stretch. It's just that he needs to accept that he's not the star of the show anymore. Plus, if Carmelo wins, he'll have so much more fuel to talk shit to all the haters on social media. So I'm I'm hoping for that for him. More wine, more holding wine glasses. Burning question number two, and this one's really dear to my heart. Mm -hmm. Would Sam Hinkie ever go back to Houston as assistant GM? I think he would, but only... If it was like a title position. So he still needs time for business. He still needs time to hear out ideas. If you have any ideas, you can send him your ideas, right? He's always looking for new opportunities. Who knows what business opportunities could still be there if he had Sam Hinkie, current assistant GM for world champion Houston Rockets on I his I like that. On That's got a nice ring card. to it. He might not be involved in the day-to-day but he might just be there as a title. It'd be funny if he had a corner office and he just had his door closed all day. Whenever Daryl Morey would come in, he's consuming books like Neo in the Matrix, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know Kung Fu. That seemed to be what he was looking for as far as programmers and stuff. He's trying to find a way to hack reading. Mm-hmm. To He's listening to podcasts at three times speed. He just wants to absorb all the information that he can. Why not come get a ring? We want you back, Sam. Don't yeah. you miss the NBA? I could see how he would think of this as a step backwards, but if he knew it would give him another chance to run an NBA team, I think he would run his nerd calculations and realize swallowing his pride would be worth it. <laughs> yeah. Crunch those numbers, Hanky. We want you back in the NBA. Speaking of Hanky, the next mm-hmm. team on the Real McCoy team previews, the Philadelphia 76ers. <laughs> What would you say was their big move in 2018 summer? Well, this was kind of the summer of trades for them. They acquired Wilson Chandler. They acquired Mike Muscal. I'm not saying these are great trades. I'm just saying that they're trades that happened, right? Yeah. They also got... Well, they didn't a, really have a real GM to do it. They had some cap space. They're in a good position of being a good young team who also had cap space. They, they took on Wilson Chandler's contract and got a few draft picks back. Or they helped facilitate the Carmelo deal got Mike Muscala and moved some salaries around or got a million dollars from the Suns for Rayshon Holmes. It was the summer of trades. They got a, the pick from the Suns with Zaire Smith for uh, Mikel Bridges. 
Yeah, I thought that was their big, bold move. Draft the local guy, oh. Mikhail Bridges, from Philly. Whose mom works for the team. Mom works for the team. Won championships at Villanova in yeah. Philadelphia. Draft him. Mom is loving it. Can't wait for her son to stay at home, work at the same place that she does. 90 minutes later, they trade him yeah. for a guy who ends up, what did he, was it an ACL or a Achilles? It a, yeah, it was something. Anyways, he's doing his red shirt year as a rookie on the Philadelphia 76ers. The customary red shirt year, yes, of course. Is it possible the Sixers beat Golden State, San Francisco Warriors? Could be. This could be kind of like a Penny and Shaq take on Hakeem okay. situation where it looks like... They get like, swept? Yeah, not, yeah, maybe not. Could be. Yeah, it could be a sweeping. They just have to hope that they see JJ, like Jack and all those threes, and that they start th- accidentally throwing the ball to JJ because they want him on the team, right? Okay. And it just like, but this goes on for four games. The Warriors just don't figure it out for four games. So. He's their white splash brother? Yeah. Secret MVP. Ooh. Curious to hear what yours is on this team. It, it, I don't know if he's a secret, but it's got to be Fultz, right? Okay, yeah. Some big wild card. Yeah, whatever you get out of him can be very helpful. From the preseason, it looks like he's on that trajectory and that he is attempting three-pointers now. Yeah. Where he didn't. He was too nervous to shoot them last year. Right. Even made a couple of them. They weren't pretty. But they go in. They went in. So I went a different way with the secret MVP for Philly. I say... Their secret MVP is calcium. Oh, okay. That's the mineral that helps make Joel Embiid strong. You see, if they're going to have any sort of success this season, we're going to need to make sure that Joel's bones and cartilage, everything holding it together stays intact. Yes. So hopefully he's getting that bone broth soup, drinking his milk, whatever else has calcium in it, (laughs) just mainlining that stuff. All the pills. Okay, a couple burning questions for the city of brotherly love. Speaking of uh, Markel Fultz, what are the player comparisons for Markel Fultz's ceiling and floor, a.k.a., you know, who, what would be the best-case, worst-case scenario for this guy's development, you think? This is tough because I, I want to be like, it's Russell Westbrook. But it's not. Do we think, like, he could be a – is Lillard just enough under Westbrook that it's not a ridiculous comparison? Like, who would be a realistic – like if he's Lonzo Ball, that would be a great that would be a great thing. That'd be a closer comp because Lonzo can't shoot either. Yeah, fair enough. I had to go back to the nineties because any guard mm. that I was looking at can shoot. Right. So this is what I came up with. Best case scenario. Mark Jackson. I was thinking Latrell Spree. Oh. Oh. Okay. okay. Athletic, slashing guy. Can make the fifteen footer. He even can make a few threes, mm-hmm. but he's not shooting, you know, seven, eight a game like your your Lillards or your Westbrooks. Right. Worst case scenario? Current Markel Fultz. <laughs> <laughs> this guy could probably shoot a little better than, than Fultz could, but I never liked his form, and I always was annoyed by him as a Rockets fan. Mario Eli. Okay. I was annoyed by him as a Suns fan, too, Bob. So. Okay. But I think probably more likely the comparison would be... Someone like Jerry Stackhouse. Okay. He can get As a worst case. Well, I think, uh, you know, worst case is Ellie. Best case oh. is Spreewell. But most likely case. Oh, most likely. Something yes, like right. Stackhouse. Okay. Right, right, right. You know, 
two-time All-Star mm-hmm. through his entire career. Also played in Philadelphia. Not known as an outside shooter, but a guy who can get to the basket. Got traded for Rip Hamilton. Yeah, score 18, 20 points a game in his best seasons. That's where I went. I had to go 90s to find guys that could shoot as poorly as Fultz. Another burning question, what's Brian Colangelo up to these days? Everyone wants to know. Following Jerry around, trying to see what the next oh. the next thing in store is. Uh-huh. Trying to work his way onto USA Basketball, maybe. Uh-huh. <laughs> Did you watch Breaking Bad? Yes. You know the last season where Walt's in the cabin growing out a beard and getting his groceries delivered and, right. and, and hiding out from the entire world? Yeah. Now imagine that as a super rich person living in Italy, not on the run from the law or the cartel. Oh, so the r- complete opposite of that. That's what Brian Cosmo <laughs> okay. has been up to okay. this summer. <laughs> Just living the life. Moving on, two teams left in the team previews. Oklahoma City Thunder are next. Their big move, dumping Carmelo Anthony, leaving him at the altar. They got Dennis Schroeder instead. Sam Presti did the impossible and redeemed the Harden trade and letting KD leave by keeping Paul George and trading Melo. I mean, you probably prefer to have Harden and KD, but these moves, especially in a state like Oklahoma, mind-blowing to me. I like Dennis Schroeder move because I think it was just like you just took advantage of an Atlanta team that wanted to open it up for Trey Young, right? Shooter's not bad. Usually when these things shake out, you're getting random pieces when you get involved in three-way trades, but to come out with the best player in the trade is just a classic Presti, Presto Changeo, Presti Changey. Yeah, you got thing. two disgruntled players and back-to-back years, guys that didn't want to be there anymore. Yeah, they also signed Nerlens Noel, who's, some, who's halfway through his four-year $80 million contract, but also not halfway through that contract. Is there any way they can beat the Warriors? I don't think so the best way i don't know why we they, no one has done this yet you take all the front row seats the on the court seats that are not bench seats right uh-huh you give all of them to every single one of steven adams giant family members okay okay <laughs> he has like 20 of them that's right so that's enough to fill a row so if you have 27 foot new zealand monsters sitting in the front row glaring at every single one of the opponent's players, that's got to shake him somehow. That'd right? be intimidating. His yeah. sister is an Olympic shot putter. Oh yeah, no, she could have the shot put there like holding it on her neck just as a <laughs> just to remind the people what's going on. I don't think that the Thunder will ever beat the Warriors either, mm-hmm. but Russell Westbrook certainly has the motivation, right? Mm-hmm. Kevin Durant left him in Oklahoma. Right. Yeah, so that would be how, if it were possible for them to beat the Warriors, would him to just channel his inner Jordan and and somehow destroy all of them by sheer force of will. Right. Secret MVP. Mm. Who do you like for this one on the Thunder? Jeremy Grant. Oh, okay. I think he signed a pretty good contract extension this past offseason. He's still relatively young. He, he won't hog any of the – well, no one hogs the ball from Westbrook because Westbrook hogs the ball. <laughs> from Paul George, I think he can play when Schroeder's in there. He will defer to Schroeder and let him – I think so I think Jeremy Grant is a good glue guy piece to have on the squad. I'll admit I get the Grant brothers kind of confused. Mm-hmm. In the Grant power rankings, is Jeremy number one? I think he is number one. Okay. And the other is Jerrion, yeah. who plays for the Knicks? The Where Bulls. You, the Bulls? He's, in, he's uh, not as good. No. He's, he's on one of those teams. He's on the Magic now. Oh, Yeah, he okay. got traded in that Bulls Magic trade. 
Hey, tall, skinny, can't shoot. The Magic need more of those guys. Remember, remember that famed Bulls Magic trade, Bob? How can you forget about that where Jerry and Grant changed hands? Hey, didn't Horace Grant get traded from the Bulls to the Magic? Yeah, this was the mozgov Biombo trade. Oh, okay. My secret MVP is Andre Roberson. Okay. Unfortunately for the Thunder, he's already injured again. Mm-hmm. He was out for the playoffs last year. And even though he's a shooting guard who airballs free throws consistently, mm-hmm. he can be the difference between the Thunder looking like contenders or just wannabes. Yeah, if he developed a three-point shot, he would be a hot commodity. He can make them. And more importantly, though, he plays lockdown defense, mm-hmm. which is something Westbrook is probably capable of but doesn't really attempt. And with him out there with Paul George, that's great defense on the wing, which is what they would need to beat someone like the Warriors or... You know, teams with good guards. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Burning questions. Okay. Should we have put the Thunder in the Contenders episode over the Jazz, who actually beat them in the playoffs last year? No, Bob, this is a spot where the Jazz needed to be because we are basketball talking heads who love the Jazz and hate stat monster Russell Westbrook. That's what talking heads do, right? Okay. They love the Jazz and they hate on Westbrook. Yeah, not for me because okay. I... I think Westbrook and George really are Jordan and Pippen light. Mm -hmm. And I think the Jazz regressed towards the mean. Do you know that the Jazz ended their year 31-9 and last season? Wow. After starting 17-25? and Okay. I don't think they can keep that up. The Thunder had pretty much the same exact... They had the same exact record as the Jazz Mm -hmm. last year. Both had 48 wins. They were pretty consistent after a shaky start. And now they have another season to put it together without having to worry about getting mellow equal shots and playing time. So that's why we put the Thunder above the Jazz. I agree with that. First Nick Collison-less Thunder year. Oh, yeah. He retired, huh? He didn't have a farewell tour. That's surprising. That's a shame. Burning question number two. How many times a day does Nerlens Noel punch himself in the face? Will he be the first player to fire Rich Paul as his agent? Nerlens Noel's basketball career, since we've known him, has been very interesting, right? Because he was the hot prospect the year after Anthony Davis at Kentucky. Remember, he got injured. Kentucky didn't make the tournament and lost to Robert Morris in the first round of the NIT. Wow, they, I forgot they didn't even make the tournament. And he was like supposedly a shoe-in for the number one pick, but dropped to what, like sixth? Right, because he tore his ACL right before right. the draft. So he's had that. Then he gets picked with Anthony Davis to have this Twin Towers situation, but then immediately gets traded to the 76ers for Drew Holiday, which was a brilliant trade by the... Sam Hankey. Yeah. By, no, by New Orleans. Oh, yeah. Oh. Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. A smart trade by New Orleans. It was a trust-the-process trade by, right. by Sam. Right. And then he gets mashed in with all these giant big men, and then he doesn't sign this foolish contract that everyone is lucky he didn't sign. So it's been a very weird basketball career for him. But there has to be a plan, right? Because clutch sports doesn't lose. LeBron and Rich Paul don't lose. Well, their so, teams lose when they have super bloated contracts on them, like Tristan oh, Thompson well, yeah, and Jared Smith. Yeah, but Clutch Sports doesn't lose. They still get paid. Sure. Yeah, so there has to be some plan in the works, right? Okay. That's what I think. There's got to be something. I, I don't even it's know. It's going to be in Space Jam, too. And three, four, five, six, okay. and seven, probably. <laughs> yeah, for those who don't know, he turned down a $70 million four-year deal offer from the Dallas Mavericks. Mm-hmm. And after he turned that down, pretty much got shelved in Dallas. Right. I don't know if it was a way to to punish him or not. If we can't have you, nobody can. Yeah, hence the uh, punch himself in the face. Rich Paul losing a client, yeah, that would be 
That would be a tough pill to swallow, although it's not like he would be losing a, a huge payday with mm. the minimum salary Noel. Even though he probably should fire Rich Paul, all signs point to Noel is too dumb to realize that. Mm-hmm. That brings us to the last team of our team previews, the Toronto Raptors. Perhaps you heard they made a major trade this offseason, brought in Danny Green. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They also brought in this guy who's a real fun guy. (laughs) The trade reminds me of when the Thunder traded Oladipo and Sabonis as a sly way of making a salary dump Mm -hmm. look like a Hail Mary. Dwayne Casey and DeRozan were never Masai Ujiri's guys, right? Mm -hmm. They weren't getting it done, and DeRozan was easier to trade than Lowry or Ibaka. Next year, they're capped out again, but the year after that, they only have two players under contract. Right. That's Norman Powell and OG Ananobi. Mm-hmm. So it was a real interesting move trading for Kawhi, and I think one of the, the lingering questions about what's going to happen in the NBA this season revolves around that. They also re-signed Fred Van Fleet. Oh, that's pretty huge. Yeah, he could have. he was a threat to get a bigger contract than they could have handled but they uh, there are a few teams including the suns linked to him but he came back any way that they could beat san francisco i don't think they can it unless Kawhi achieves full peak Kawhi and just decides that he is going to win it himself it's going to be tough maybe they can trick them all into eating congolese food and poison it or something <laughs> yeah i thought maybe they could win as long as lebron james isn't in the building because he is their kryptonite. Yeah. My favorite LeBron thing, one of them is when he just rips the hearts out of Toronto in Toronto and then goes on TV and is like, man, these fans are amazing. Do you hear this? This is just an amazing place. I, this is such a great, just ripped out their hearts and then complimented them. Well, that's very polite. Canadians would appreciate mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. Oh, thanks. Sure. That's great. <laughs> Secret MVP. Who you got? Kyle Collinsworth. Who? He led the NCAA in career triple-doubles. That's not actually my secret MVP. I just wanted to bring up Kyle Collinsworth. Does he play for the Raptors? Yeah, he went to BYU. He had yeah most triple-doubles in a career in the NCAA history. Holy cow. OG Ananobi. I like it. Is this, our, is this the year our guy slides in? He's going to learn under Danny Green and Kawhi. And it might sound awkward that I, or weird that I said learn under Danny Green, but I bet you I feel like Danny Green's a good good mentor. I feel like that's in his wheelhouse. Or maybe not. But for the sake of this segment, I will say that he is. And I think it's time that OG Ananobi makes the next step. I'm pretty sure Ananobi had some Kawhi comparisons in those Mm -hmm. draft previews. Sure. My secret MVP, though, is some Canadian honeypot. A lady. A lady. Okay. (laughs) Maybe Kawhi falls in love with a woman who convinces him to stay in Canada. Mm Mm-hmm. Cut to Kawhi's explanation for why he re-signed with the Toronto Raptors. I'm a sensitive guy. (laughs) (laughs) Burning questions along these same lines. What would it take for Kawhi to stay in Toronto? This has got to happen, Bob. They've got to move Toronto to Los Angeles. Okay. (laughs) That's move the entire city of Toronto to Los Angeles. And that's how Kawhi will technically stay. Man, we would, we would have so much good food in Los Angeles mm-hmm. if we combine those two cities. Mm-hmm. We'd have easier access to the uh, Niagara Falls, too. Oh. We'd be closer then. Does that come? Is that part of the package deal? I guess. I don't know. 
that's LA in could downtown, use some water. That's in downtown Toronto, right? Niagara Falls? Right. I'm yeah, pretty yeah, sure. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah, forget putting a microphone on Kawhi during the game. Can we get a mic on him at a comedy show? Mm, yes, yes, yes. I want I want twenty minutes of Kawhi laugh track yeah. to be able to intersperse into Brickhouse episodes. That's amazing. I think if the honeypot plan doesn't work, maybe the Canadian government can offer to put Uncle Dennis's face on Canadian money and then send him shoeboxes full of it. <laughs> I think that could work. Just to see if it's up to the correct quality, yes, of course. Yeah, you know, they, the Nike or whoever sponsors the players, they'll deliver a ton of shoes to the house. Mm-hmm. Just back up a truck full of shoe boxes, full of the Uncle Dennis bills. Yeah. But if this doesn't work, if Kawhi leaves, what's the Raptors' strategy next summer? Get in position to trot out a starting five of Van Fleet, Ananobi, CJ Miles, Pascal Siakam, and uh, I don't know, whoever else you can find. Just get rid of them all. Yeah. Trade them all. Uh, if that means you are in position for number one pick in the NBA draft to be determined, that's fine. It ain't happening then. If this weren't a podcast, I'd just run old footage of an atom bomb testing. You know, oh, yeah, as yeah. my prescription for the Warriors or that's, for the Raptors. That's when we pivot to video, Bob. Yeah, start over. Fred Van Fleet, OG Ananobi. I would even consider flipping Lowry and Serge Ibaka for Andrew Maple Jordan Wiggins. Mm-hmm. It'll be a cover-up as they rebuild, right? They got to spend their money somewhere. This will give them four years right. to really build their roster to be good as soon as Wiggins' contract expires. That's it. We've previewed 30 teams for the third, fourth year in a row. Can't even keep track anymore. But before the season starts, one more segment of Diss of the Week. Okay. Yo mama is so fat! I somehow missed this when it happened originally, but I saw it was brought up again. Because LeBron is in L.A. now and he's so beloved, his Q rating, very high right now. Oh, yeah, I gotta love those Q ratings. You almost forget that what happened when he was a member of the Miami Heat. He was the villain Mm -hmm. of the NBA, much Mm -hmm. like KD is now. In 2012, LeBron was so hated, he received a letter of disgust from an Al-Qaeda member. The note said, LeBron James is a very bad man. He should apologize to the city of Cleveland. This was a guy in Guantanamo Mm -hmm. sending uh, letters about LeBron. Via Dan Gilbert, sure. Speaking of the Miami Heat, a Heat source on the Miami Herald said that Timberwolves were seeking, quote, the firstborn of all of our kids in a trade for Jimmy Butler. (laughs) The process of sharing medical insurance information is equal to getting to the five-yard line, which is where they were in the Timberwolves heat Mm. trade discussions, right Right. when the, the deal fell apart, when the Wolves asked for even more players. Right. The Wolves are believed to be asking for several of the assets that he considers most valuable. And then they list pretty much every valuable asset. Josh Richardson, Bam Adebayo, Goran Dragic, Kelly Olenek. Well, maybe not Kelly Olenek. Oh, Justice Winslow, and a number one pick. Mm-hmm. It's too maybe, many roster spots for the team. Yeah, Timberwolves. maybe that would be for Gordy Dang and Jeff for every big bloated contract the, the Timberwolves have. Uh, also in the news this week, last week we had a burning question that was asking which GM would be fired first for not drafting Luka Doncic. Right. 
I don't know if it's directly correlated, but one of our candidates, Ryan McDonough, was fired just a, just a couple days ago. Right. Wojnarowski sent this tweet and uh, is a contestant in our Dis of the Week. Maybe the winner. The challenge for the Suns remains unchanged. Robert Sarver is perhaps the NBA's most involved owner in basketball decision-making, and the plan can change day-to-day. McDonough survived five years with him. Recruiting a new GM is never an easy sell here. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's the diss of the week. Diss to Robert Sarver. Get your hands out of the cookie jar. Mm-hmm. Let these guys work. Mm-hmm. On the next episode of Brick House. Matt, we will be talking about a new NBA season. Oh, also I want to give a shout-out to Basketball in a Nutshell, a new NBA blog that just launched this week, has a lot of bright basketball minds contributing to it, and also me. Oh, yes. It's a site from our friend Ashwin. I got something up there right now about the rivalry between Rajon Rondo and Lonzo Ball, so please check it out. Next week, we're back to talk the new season on the next episode of Brick House.